Hello, I'm Kushan Parikh. I'm from VPI, and we're doing a podcast here um, with a few other members of VPI and another podcast. Shriram, you want to go next? Hi, uh, my name is uh, Shriram, and I'm also part of VPI, part of the production team, and today we'll be talking about the coronavirus. Yeah, my name is Kasim Simham. I'm also from VPI, part of the production team. Yeah, we'll work with another organization, as Krishan said. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hello, everybody. Hi. I'm Anish. I'm from a podcast, Mildly Opinionated, and I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, I'm uh, his co-host. I'm Dhruv, also from the Mildly Opinionated podcast. We're both based out of uh, Chicago, Illinois. Um, hi, guys. I'm Sonia. I have another podcast called Bamble Ramble Podcast. Um, and I'm really excited to be here today to talk about coronavirus. So why don't we get started? So the first question on the board is, uh, how, has co- how has social media impacted how we've contacted others due to uh, the pandemic? Mm-hmm. So, so I, could- I think that social media, um, I feel like social media helped me stay in touch with my friends, especially since now with COVID, I can't see them anymore. But at the same time, I feel like it's getting really tiring and annoying. Like texting people just isn't as fun anymore, if that makes sense. It's just, I don't, um, it just get. it's like this whole idea of social burnout that I feel because I've just been on the phone for so long that I need face-to-face interaction. I think that's like perfectly understandable. Uh, I, I've, I think I can speak for uh, the others when I say that no, we all want to go out there. I mean, it's been it, it's just been so long. It's almost been a year since we've been locked up and just living inside our rooms, doing basically nothing except go to school online. And it, it gets uh, tiring after some time, and that's perfectly understandable. Yeah, I think that. I feel like social media's impact needs to be stated as overall positive for individuals, I'd say, because I think it keeps us from dying of boredom, at least for me, being able to see other people and like at, at the very least on a screen has been better than nothing. But at the same time, we have to talk about like social media's impact on society, especially with mm-hmm. a lot of misinformation being spread about the virus and uh, health and safety precautions. Social media has also contributed to some negative impacts there. Yeah, I was definitely going to go off of what Dhruv was saying because for me, this entire quarantine and throughout the whole COVID situation, social media has become both like an avenue to make good and then also an avenue to cancel people for sometimes no reason at all. Like during this time where people have a lot of time on their hands, they've some people have taken up the culture of like, I'm going to cancel someone for a reason that I'm not fully informed on, but simply because I saw a post that I might um, have to agree with because everyone else is agreeing with it. Yeah. I mean, there's, as I said, like a lot of concern about disinformation about the virus, disinformation about a lot of things that went on, the social justice movements that occurred over the summer. And I think people not being able to go outside and engage in discourse in person has affected the way that they interact with other people who disagree with them. And I think it's led to, you know, more of a social media version of political debate mm-hmm. or just general moral arguments where people are kind of changing it from trying to build empathy to just attacking others. 
So that's become a series. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I feel I feel like I wanted to talk about that whole idea of misinformation because I feel like not that's just created more fear about COVID. People don't know what they're saying about symptoms and everything and just about the like people like new strains and everything. Some people are like spreading false information about that. And I feel like in all that's just caused like a bunch of fear and especially like when it comes to politics when people spread stuff like that on the internet, it like it goes it spreads fast and it's just really it's just like really scary because you don't know what's true or what's not anymore and it's really hard to know which sources are accurate yeah i think that was one of the main problems with the virus in the beginning stages at least i think like right now it's much it's much better uh, with disinformation uh like it's not that bad as it was and i think it's hard to ignore that you know the president of the United States also was spreading some misinformation on the virus itself, which made things only worse. As some of his supporters and some other people just believed the most, I mean, the president is supposed to be the most trusted man and they believed him on the virus, which, and the information that he spread out was just not true. And I think the main reason that it just came to that was because when the virus first came out, there was no real information on it. It was just sudden and there was a lot of research going in. But when when the research was published, there was no way of knowing who was true and who was uh, wrong. So I think that that was the main reason to why misinformation came in. But I also think that on the other side, we also had a ton of research come in to help us too. But I think that's just the that's just a side effect or a negative of just having so many so many research done at the same time and having the media cover all of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's been confusing at times with what the president's been tweeting out. Won't be tweeting out anything for. A while now if anybody's been following the recent news but uh that's definitely been part of it and i think it's been overly politicized but if we're to move into something that's been the subject of a lot of the disinformation that's been out there it would be the covid vaccine because like you had people saying i wouldn't take the vaccine before the vaccine we even knew what the vaccine made they're, like, they're microchipping they're doing all this terrible stuff and it's obviously all disinformation fake news but uh, I'll ask you guys right now, if you had the COVID vaccine available to you, obviously we're not very high on the priority list, uh, priority list. Would you take it? I, um, so, sorry, um, so pretty much if I had the COVID vaccine, I wouldn't take it generally with all these pandemics in the past, maybe a few hundred years. Um, the first vaccine has never been hundred percent successful. It usually takes multiple tries, three or four tries for them to have like a 95% success rate. Personally, I don't want to take the risk and contract COVID from the vaccine or something else happened to me. I would rather just wait it out. Uh, someone else probably has a different opinion. Um, who did I cut off? Drew or Anish? Uh, before, yeah. excuse me, uh, before, before you say it's your opinion, uh, if you don't mind sharing, is it, does your dad feel the same way? By the way, his dad's a physician. Oh yeah, my dad's a physician. He um, it's for him, for him. It was pretty mat, like pretty much mandatory to take the COVID vaccine. He took it, I think, maybe like two, three weeks, four weeks ago. Uh, his hospital, I think, gave it for free. 
Um, for his opinion on it, he honestly wants me to take it because I'm 16. I think anyone above the age of 16 can apply for it. He wants me mm-hmm. to take the vaccine, but he he's a he's a full supporter of it. But the thing is, uh, he also has he also believes that also there are some downsides to it, like the not 100% accuracy to the success rate of it, the success rate of the vaccine. So um, he he does have like a good opinion on it overall, but there are some downsides for it. I think uh, for me per- personally, I had the chance to take it because uh, I volunteered at a hospital. So they gave us the opportunity to get the vaccine. Uh, me being me, I slept through the chance to get it because it came out on email. But I definitely think if I was awake, I would have went to get it. I know that because of the vaccine, people are getting sick for a couple days to weeks. And that's not good. You don't want that. But I I do see where you're coming from saying that, like, of course, the first trial is not going to be perfect. And even if you do get the vaccine, you're still going to have to wear a mask because half the world, more than half the world still doesn't have it. So what's it? benefiting you right now to get it at the moment instead of just waiting in case it gets better i do understand that yeah because you can like be a asymptomatic and be a carrier of the virus yep. yeah mm-hmm. you, you still need to wear a mask of course but like most people i have a feeling once they take the vaccine they're gonna think they, they're gonna think they're fine they're gonna think that covid can't touch them but in reality there are different strains out there like the the, the strain from the uk and uh what's it called south africa uh, I feel those, like yeah, those strains are like a bit more contagious. Not like, it's the same thing, but it's a bit more contagious. Yeah, go go ahead. Yeah. I feel like most people would take the vaccine right now with the like thinking that if I take the vaccine, I don't have to wear my mask anymore. And there's yeah. that's not true. Yeah, I mean, if I were to answer the question personally, I would take it because like why not? I think that's my philosophy with this. Just why not? Like what what's the biggest harm that could come to me? I don't think, at least with all the testing that's occurred with each vaccine, uh, and knowing when I would get the opportunity to take it, I'm pretty confident in it not being something that could like seriously wound or kill me. So I don't know. My philosophy is like, okay, maybe it doesn't completely work, but at least there's a chance, right? I completely agree with that. In my opinion, like, um, I, I kind of have through philosophy, like, why not? I think like, it'd be doing more good than harm, even though it's like, I, I just think the problem with it is that it hasn't been tested for long enough to know for us to know the long-term effects. I know um, a few months back, uh, there was like a, there was like someone who got sick just now from receiving a vaccine a few years ago, like five years ago. And that vaccine side effects came in like a, like two months ago. So just like the fact that we don't know the long-term effects yet is kind of scary, but then again, it's going to do better harm than good. And right now, like, I feel like we should do whatever we can to prevent the spread of it. If that makes sense. I'm not fully educated on the downsides and everything of the vaccine, but that was just my take. Well, personally, um, I would take the vaccine if it was offered to me. I mean, just, I'll just compare it to the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine it has a 45% success rate, and there's a there's not that much questioning around it. And the COVID vaccine is actually much more safer. It has a 95% success rate. 
So compared to the flu vaccine, uh, I think that this COVID vaccine is much better. Uh, uh, statistically, it is. And I would just, I would take the uh, opportunity if it was, if it ever presented itself. But I do understand that its side effects uh, are something uh, that do cause problems for people. And you still do have to wear a mask. That is one misinformation that has spread out with the vaccine coming out. You still have to wear the mask because there is a chance that you can still contract it and the vaccine mm-hmm. just doesn't do its job. I think the thing with this question is, is it, would you take the vaccine if it was available right now? And I understand why people wouldn't take it right now. That doesn't mean that they wouldn't take it in the future when it's available. Because realistically, for most of us, we're not going to get it for months. So say in months, it's much better or there's a new variant of the vaccine that might change people's opinions. Yeah, definitely. I think maybe in months I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just like what you said, we're not we don't have the availability to the vaccine right now. Since, of course, we're like not in the, um, the critical area that the COVID impacts. So, yeah, once we do get the vaccine like av- available to us, I definitely will take it. Because, of course, like what you guys said, why not? Yeah. Uh, kind of transitioning from vaccines to masks. Is that fine? Yeah, it's fine. kind of touched on it, but... yeah. Do you guys believe masks should be mandatory or optional? So, uh, hold up, let me answer that question. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I think everybody here strongly believe masks should be mandatory because we understand that it's a big, pro- it can prevent a pretty big problem. And many of us have some uh, pretty old relatives, you know, who, who could be directly affected with COVID-19 and realize that not wearing masks can put them in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think one of the questions that comes up is, it's not necessarily a matter of should you wear a mask, because if you look at the science, it's obvious you should. Uh, it's can they be made mandatory? Personally, I think everyone on this call would agree, like, yeah, they, we'd like them to be mandatory, but it's a matter of, like, can they or should they? Should they? Yes. Can they? I don't think they can realistically implement something like that without legal challenges. And, you know, it would be difficult in general just to implement something of that sort. I mean, so then... I was going to say with the new administration coming in uh, in the due to the presidential election and you see the Biden administration saying stuff like we would try to implement a mask mandate. I think that it could end up being a waste of resources because it's something that really isn't plausible yeah. to do. I mean, the thing is with this, people would complain so much if masks actually became mandatory because there's so many people that are, especially in America, because we're the land of liberty, so everyone feels like I can do whatever I want at this point. I, my personal thinking on this, it should be mandatory in certain areas. where Because like, if there's an area that has no COVID, they're not taking people in for like, vacation. Like, per se, Australia. They don't have that many like, cases anymore, or New Zealand. I feel like there it should be optional because maybe there's not even a lot of cases. So why force it, especially if like the country's on lockdown? Yeah, Yeah. I completely agree. But um, I think that masks um, aren't, I just think that like, it's hard to get everyone to wear it like Drew said. But also the fact that a lot of people wear it wrong. I know I was um, out yesterday going grocery shopping. And I saw like, 
a bunch of people wearing it under their nose and everything and that's just like defeating the entire point of masks so i feel like it's hard for like people it's hard to get everyone to wear masks but at least for the people that are like we should tell them like how to actually wear it even though it's not that hard yeah so pretty much in la i think maybe like three four months ago there was like talk about a mask uh like mandate so pretty much like if you didn't wear a mask in public you'd get fined or something um but i went to the beach maybe like to a week after nobody's wearing a mask it wasn't really enforced properly so what we have in in relations to having a mask mandate i think it should be enforced properly um everyone should be made sure they're wearing a mask and the other thing i also wanted to talk about was are we t- talking about this as a a global scale or just a scale and like or just the united states I think personally, this type of decision should be taken at a more local level, kind of going back to the reasons I said, because if there's an area that has like no COVID at all, it should definitely be optional. But everywhere else, I would say it should be mandatory. But there's no way to enforce that. See, the problem with that is right there is many of these areas that, you know, have some of the highest COVID cases, cough, cough, LA County. There's also a bunch of people protesting the mask. So it's going to be really hard to legislate. Even even if you make it like uh, I guess uh, mandatory in certain areas, other areas will kind of feel threatened. They're gonna be like, oh, they're gonna mandate this over here too. So I think it's still gonna rise a lot of uproar, even if you um uh, uh mandatory like make it mandatory in certain areas. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, due to like think the protests from both the left and right side, uh, I think COVID is just gonna keep going up. Uh, it's it's gonna be harder yet yeah, to mandate wearing masks because not everyone really wants to listen to the government yeah especially with the government right now people it's so like it's become political to wear a mask in a way because like if you wear a mask you're a democrat in a way if you don't you're a republican something like that but it shouldn't be a political decision it should just be a public mm-hmm. health decision yeah. I, yeah I definitely agree with you on that one i think that wearing a mask should be just a public health concern and a decision for the public health, not a political one. And and it has definitely turned into that. But transitioning into the last topic for today, how has school and especially test taking been affected by COVID? Uh, If I can start us off with this one, I know for me, uh, as a sophomore this year, it was my first year taking AP classes. I know that's the same for Anish and Sonia, but uh, mm-hmm. that itself is a bigger transition. And having to do it with COVID, I felt it was a bit easier because I like set out a goal for myself to take a few more than normal and try and take some harder classes this year to make my schedule easier in future years. And from talking to upperclassmen, people who have been in these classes, they were saying, you know, it seems like you have less work. And I, I would kind of say that for me, the schedule has been made easier. And with these AP classes, I think they've been made easier because I feel like it's less intensive during COVID. But at the same time, I do think that the impact later on with the actual AP tests could be negative. I yeah. Like we could be seeing a lot lower scores than the usual due to people being unprepared and classes not being able to cover all the things they normally cover. 
Yeah, pretty much. I think for me, the test taking system, like as a sophomore, has been a bit easier. Um, I'm more. I'm like in my my own environment. I think that's just like another thing I prefer. Um, but the problem is like what you said, the AP test, the scores are gonna go down, and I think. I think we should all take into consider. I think the school system should take into consideration that um, we're all at home. We don't really have contact with the teacher, and due to that, they should kind of like lower down the homework load. I'm not sure how the homework load is in Chicago, but for us here, it's kind of like excessive. Yeah, for me, I feel like so. Um, for one of my classes, like they already told us that the test will be kind of shortened, but. I think for me, the whole problem is at home. I cannot focus as much, so um, it's just it's just harder for me in that way. And not only that, but like uh, I think, yeah, we definitely have it easier in a way, but it's just not as convenient. I feel like at the end, I'm not taking away as much information as I would in school. And like Dhruv said, that just makes the entire um, that just that just is going to make the test at the end harder, even if it's like easier right now. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you guys, but adding on to what you guys said, uh, I think something else that I'm a junior, by the way, so I've taken AP classes before mm -hmm. coronavirus and after coronavirus, something that I feel was a lot harder for me personally was the fact that, um, what came into this was actually cheating. A lot more people have started oh, yeah. cheating and that's completely destroyed the test taking system, at least for my physics class. What I mean by that is let's just say, um, the teacher keeps making the test harder and harder. That the only reason that that being is because everybody else is finishing the test a lot faster and getting really good scores. And I'm here not trying to cheat, and it's it's a big struggle for me to keep up with you know answer sheets. So yeah, yeah that's something like it's been a big problem, and I really wanted to end. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with you on that one. I think that because of the virus, it's. Uh, uh, test taking has just become much more easier for at least the student side. Uh, it's easier to cheat because the teacher, I mean, unless they, uh, they, make, they make you, the school system makes you add certain programs into your computer so that you do not cheat, it's still easier for students because they can just go on to another device and just search up the answer if they really wanted to. And yep. it's just come to the point where if the student just feels like cheating or not. Yeah, it's I more the honor it. system at that point. And I feel like, like, I feel like all the teachers try to say, um, yeah, I'm like, it's the honor system and everything. But um, for one of my classes, it's actually like the score you get depends on how everyone else did, I guess. But that's annoying because there's a lot of people out there that are like always cheating. And so like then our, like the band for getting a good score, uh, it's just higher and it's really annoying and it just messes everything up. Oh, so the curve kind of like ruins the grades for everyone else? Yep. I think that's definitely true, but I'm gonna take a different perspective of this. Like, it's hard on teachers also. Like, I know a lot of my teachers have complained, like, I can't see your guys' reactions anymore, even with people's mm -hmm. cameras on. Like, it's not the same for them. It's a lot harder for them to teach and I don't know. I feel like this whole school system, especially our school is now trying to make us go hybrid. I don't like that idea at all. I think we should stay completely online or go back completely in person because spending like half your day, because this is how our school does it. We go to school for half the day and then we bus home for an hour and then we take the rest of our classes online. 
yeah. that's not a good strategy. Yeah, yeah that's I'm pretty much pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Every I, day? Yeah, I, I thought it happens every day? Or is yeah, every like day? They're trying oh, to okay. implement this starting next week. So it's like for like four periods, you're going to go to school and then you have an hour break in which like so that the people that are at school can get bused home. And then uh, it's it's just no. really weird. Yeah, no. So you guys have buses. How are okay? So you guys bus home? Yeah, oh, they, built in, okay. they built an hour, like almost two hours stretch for us to bus home, I believe. Yeah. And for uh, our lunch also during that yeah. time. Uh, so how we long have gotten the opportunity to experience just uh, a hybrid model of schooling? We've just been full online so far. But I think mm-hmm. uh, in the coming months that we will go into that. Oh, so how long does a school day typically last? It's I mean, from seven forty-five to three twenty-five with this hybrid model. It used to be from like eight thirty to three twenty, so they've extended our school day also. That's starting because with of first the break, right? From oh. seven seven o'clock, like seven thirty, seven thirty. Oh, that's first period, right? Yep. Yep. Oh wow. And it's definitely not ideal at the moment, but mm-hmm. once again, you just have to deal with the virus, go with what it gives you. And yeah, that's kind of been the story of the past year. It's just like deal with whatever cards you're given. Exactly. Quick question on hybrid. Do you guys do block schedule or how does it work? Uh, it's yeah. not a block schedule. It's uh, basically you just go to school for how like the normal four classes i believe i'm not planning on doing it so i'm not super familiar with the actual logistics of it all but uh you're basically just going to school for half of the day and then you get bussed home so we have this large break in the middle of the school day personally i think all my teachers have voiced their complaints most of them hate it i think that schools are being pressured by a lot of parents and a lot of people who once again because of that you know misinformation think that this pandemic is over or not as serious as it is. They're being pressured by those individuals to resume school. So they're forced into making decisions like this, where you kind of get a situation where no one's happy. As Anish said, you know, you either commit all the way to saying that everyone's going to come back or you keep it online. Yeah, exactly. Like our school, there were protests. Like we want to go in person. We want to go in person. I want to go in person also. But I don't want it to be like half thought out, half made up plan for us to go back in person. Like the they, problem about, oh sorry, the problem about in person is that we need the funds, the teachers need the funds, and the uh, school needs the funds to provide the sanitation, the um, the cleaning, of course, and for you guys the bus, the bus trips. So I think for us in LA County that might be a problem due mm-hmm. to some of our uh, districts being underfunded. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how the situation is in Chicago, but yeah, for us, it's kind of like a stretch and it's kind of a struggle here. Yeah, I think for us, it's, I think it's fine. They have the money to send us back in person. Like, I know that <clears throat> they sent out like testing kits to us. No, oh, yeah, we have COVID testing kits now, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't really tell you if you have COVID or not. It's kind of like, you might have COVID so you can't come to school. And so basically like if you're planning on going in hybrid, you drop off the testing kit. And if it comes back like a certain way, then you can go. 
I don't know how I don't know how accurate what I'm saying is, but Anish would know, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone has to like do the test. It's just like a saliva test. I'm pretty sure you put it into a tube and then you drop it off at the school and they're gonna test it for you. Uh I don't know. I don't Wait, know. um are you talking about the the co- the test in which you put the I think it's like a it's like a Q tip kind of thing, but you put it in your nose and then uh you kind of break it off in kind of a tube with like some water or some other liquid and then you not sure. college. You guys it's saliva testing. Yeah. Yeah, you guys probably have a different one. We they use our they they make us put something in our nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one that I was like familiar with. So this one definitely like caught me off balance, but it's just COVID. You got to deal with the school. Go with it. How bad is the coronavirus in your area? I'm not really sure about the Chicago area because it never really pops up. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, where we live, so Cook County's kind of been terrible. Uh, there's been a lot of cases, which is why I think a lot of us were concerned over returning to school. But uh, it's starting to go down. But, you know, the way it is with COVID, it's always going in waves. Yeah, I think in Chicago, I don't think it's as bad as California. I know, like, so, like, Illinois is, like, having its ups and downs. Like, we saw a big increase, and now it's, like, kind of getting better. But Chicago like in like the actual Chicago is getting pretty bad like I know that there's like a bunch of restrictions there and that's where it's like the worst but everywhere else is like okay Uh, yeah Um, recently there's been a huge surge of cases I think uh there's been like a break like a new record set recently with like 300,000 cases coming in just two days ago so the virus many people would think that uh, the virus would go down and we would see like the curve of just mm-hmm. cases slowly getting down but it's the opposite and the virus is still spiking and we're seeing more cases than in may and october yeah for us right now um we're, we're getting like a really big surge like i think just yeah. a few days ago it was like around 700 people dying in one day from COVID, which is a lot. And I think also running out of places to store the the bodies, oh. which is also like another problem because of course there's not a lot of mortuaries. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, just comparing Chicago and California, uh, you guys do also have it pretty serious there. We ha- You guys have like around 1.03 million cases while we have like around 2.69 million cases. I mean, it's not really much of a difference because it's COVID, nonetheless. But yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty bad. We've discussed all of the topics we need to say, and it's disappointing to end on a morbid note like that. But obviously, you know, better things to come. Hopefully, the vaccine will be effective and will be distributed properly. And at least for me, I think only the best is yet to come. But uh, thanks for having us on this podcast, guys. Yeah, uh, look forward. Yeah, look forward to working with you guys in the future. Yep. Thank you guys. Thank you guys.